Life. Life is a roller coaster, right? It just, you're kind of hanging on for the ride. It's going up and down, and uh, you don't really know where it's going to go. Maybe you kind of think you have an idea, but you're just along uh, for the ride. And uh, I just want to talk about life today. Um, and a few weeks ago, uh, we were getting ready for bed one night. School was still going on. We are trying to get the kids in bed by midnight at least, right? Be good parents. Um, it was probably a little earlier than that. Um, but we were getting everything ready. Uh, we try to keep a pretty good routine, help the kids uh, go to sleep and, and keep peace in the house. And I was, remember I was, um, you know, getting the pillow where it needed to be, get the dog where the dog needed to be, get the dog the instructions not to eat stuff, um, you know, make sure uh, one kid's tucked in the bed. And you just got to do all, you know, turn the lights out, check the door. You got to do all those things uh, when you go to bed. And while I was getting these things in order, uh, Levi, our youngest son, he starts pointing at me. And he's like, over here. You know, like, come on. It's time to go to bed. It's time to come over here uh, right now. And as he did that, I'm like, hold on a second. I got this under control. All right, I'm getting things ready. I got this under control. You just wait. And like, as soon as, I, as that came out of my mouth, I was like, that was like a lie. Like, that's not even true, right? Like, like I'm getting all this ready so that, yes, I'm going to come sit at your bed so you'll go to sleep so you won't stay up all night, okay? And I know some of you are out there, you're like, he can cry and those tears will dry up at some point. Well, come see me after the service. We'll arrange that you can help us out with that and he can go stay the night with you. Um, but no, we, we've made a lot of great process. Uh, progress in life. Um, but, you know, how many times in life do we feel like I've got everything under control? Right? We, we feel like I've got this placed right here. I put this over here. This is, in order. this is exactly how I want it to look. And then only to realize that uh, we don't, right? That that's probably further uh, from, from the truth. It's probably not even uh, correct. And our... Um, you know, our beliefs and our upbringing and, and our, our values affect, you know, how we think things should be, how that order should be. Um, and today I want to offer uh, encouragement, right? Offer encouragement in the life and in what Jesus and what God, what, what they have done for us, what the Holy Spirit is doing for us. Um, and in that we can find rest. Uh, we can find peace. We can find true uh, control, right? We can find true control. So we're going to be in the book of 1 Peter. Uh, and starting in chapter 1, I'm just going to go ahead and read uh, the first nine verses, and then we're just going to jump in there today um, and talk about that and talk about life. Uh, Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who are elect exiles of uh, the dispersion in Pontus, uh, Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, uh, Bithynia, according to the foreknowledge of God the Father and the sanctification of the Spirit for obedience to Jesus Christ and for sprinkling with his blood. May grace and peace be multiplied to you. Blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has called us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept for you in heaven, in heaven for you, who by God's power are being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. In this 
you rejoice, though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials, so that the tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Though you have not seen him, you love him. Though you do not see him now, you believe in him and rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory, obtaining the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Let's pray. Father, uh, we are so thankful that we could be here uh, this morning to gather, to, to worship, and to sing your praise from our lips. How an amazing God that you are, to sing of the things that you have done in others' lives that is true for us as well. And I pray that as we dig in this word this morning, that we understand how amazing of a God that you are and what you have done, what you are doing, and what you are going to do for us. We are so unworthy and we are so undeserving, but yet so thankful for your grace and your mercy. I pray that, you, that this morning you help us to examine our lives and just submit fully to you and just to, to chase after you and what you are doing. In your name we pray, amen. Amen. So uh, we see here that Peter is, is writing to uh, some different folks, and, and this morning we're going to be talking um, about control, and we're going to be talking about uh, this text, and control is simply to exercise restraint or direction over, right? To dominate, right? The, to command of another, right? To control uh, something. And, um, you know, I think that's something that we struggle with a lot of times is, is control. It's control. But I want to offer some help with that today. We're going to offer some help with that. Um, and we see here that Peter is riding to some exiles, right? There, there was um, some oppression for Christians. Not everybody was happy about uh, what Jesus had done, what had taken place. So uh, many of the Christians had, had scattered. They were scared. They were afraid they would be hurt. Uh, they would be killed. Uh, the, the community around there, just not everybody was kosher uh, with what was taking place, with what was going on. And uh, simply the Greek word here that, that is used that means alien, um, it talks about a person of alien nationality, right? A person that is of temporary residence, residing with a people whom they do not belong. These are the people that, that Peter is talking to. He's talking to Christians, to all Christians. He's speaking even to us today. This applies to us today. We are, we are amongst a people that we really do not belong. This is not our home. This is not our indwelling uh, place. And this, uh, this book here, it, it brings out that thought, right? Like that expression that we, this is not our home. This is not our resting place. And as Christians, we're going to face oppression, right? We're going to bear oppression. I mean, this is like, I see how excited everyone is. They're like, please speak more about oppression. We love it. Uh, I, you know, I can't wait next Sunday to come to church and we'll see shirts. Bring the oppression. Bring the oppression. Um, that's nothing that we get excited about, but it's something we should be excited about. We're going to see that uh, further as, as we, we dig in and we realize 
uh, what God has done. And, and if you're, you haven't quite figured out that not everyone is excited about Christians, they're not excited about what Christ has done, then maybe you haven't even paid attention to the news lately. Uh, several states, from what I've gathered, have uh, come out with some very pro-life uh, bills against abortion and to help to stop the murder of innocent babies. But yet there are people that are against that, right? That they're like, I'm not even going to come to Alabama. Uh, we're, we're just not going to do that. We're going to march and tear stuff up. And they're saying they're pro-choice, but I haven't seen any of these kids that are being killed have a choice. Amen. You know, that's a shame. It's a shame. Uh, but if you haven't realized, we are in a world that is not our home. It's not our dwelling place. And John 17, 11 through 17, it basically talks about how this Earth is not our home, but yet we have a God who is going to protect us from the evil one and to sanctify us. He's going to sanctify us. And we're going to talk about that uh, today as well. So what, what does set us apart as Christians? What, what makes us different from this earth, this society uh, that we live in? Some of us may think maybe it's a Christian uh, a cross, you know, a necklace has a cross on it. Uh, maybe a shirt that says, even says, fully alive, says, I love God. Maybe it, some of us think being a Christian means coming to church and bringing your Bible um, or, or putting a scripture on social media. Uh, and maybe some of you think it's not tipping on Sunday. Um, you know, maybe being a Christian means something different for everyone. And that, that joke failed both services. So that's okay. That's okay. That's okay. <laughs> right? We'll all go home in 10 minutes. It's okay. Um, but we got an amen over here. All right, cool. Um, but, you know, what, what sets us apart? What uh, makes us different? And, you know, a lot of times we want to have control. We want to be in control of our situation, but really we have to understand that, that we're not, uh, that, our, that our God is in control, and he's been controlling things since the beginning of time. He's been doing some pretty amazing things for us. In verse 2, it says, According to the foreknowledge of God, the Father, and the sanctification of the Spirit, for obedience to Jesus Christ, and for sprinkling with his blood. Um, so God, in his foreknowledge, knew that there would become sanctification from uh, the Spirit. You know, when we read in Genesis, we see where Adam and Eve, they, they messed up, right? They fell, they brought sin into this world. And, and this creation that God said was good began to rebel, right? Things began to change drastically. And it could be easy to look back at that time and see that everything was out of control, right? God created this, but yet now sin is in the world and just out of control. But yet, at that time, still, our God was 100% in control. Even though things didn't seem like they were going how they were planned, God had a plan that, was, that is and was and will be long-lasting. He foreknew what was going to take place, right? He knew that Jesus Christ would come and to be that final, that final atonement and sacrifice for our sins. And even today, we, are, we still have much to look forward to. We have much to look forward to, 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 to God's complete work here with this, this earth and this creation. And, 
And there's also a lot that we're not quite sure of. But today I want us to be encouraged by what what we do know, what we can uh, be faithful in, and know that that God, through sanctification, through grace, through his peace, he can change one from a less holy, uncontrolled lifestyle to one that can glorify God and have purpose. We can have purpose in our life, And, and thankfully... God has provided a way. He has provided us with a trustworthy heritage. Okay, a trustworthy heritage. Verse 3 says, Blessed be the God and the Father of the Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. In verse 4, it says, To an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you, kept in heaven uh, for you. So in just these two scriptures right here, we see some more amazing things take place. I see like this instantaneous trifecta of what God does in our life when, when we believe in him, when we trust in him. We say, God, I give you my heart and everything that I have. I want to follow after you because he can give us new birth, right? He can he can make us brand new, a new creation, and it doesn't take a 12-step process to get that done. There's nothing that we can do on our own to work for salvation, but in our faith and trust in him, there can be new life. There is no control of our part. It's all in his hands and what he has already done. And also in this heritage of him, he gives us a living hope. Right? We don't have to look back and hope that Christ died on the cross and that was it. You know, there's so much more to his work and what he is doing for us because he is not in a grave. He is not made up. He is not a statue. He is a living and an alive God that we can approach, that we can talk to, that we can love every single day of our lives and our convictions will show if we believe that or not, if we love him or not, if we were living uh, for him. And also in this great heritage is an inheritance, right? It is, isn't like usually when you hear the word inheritance, it's your ears perk up, right? Like if you have an earthly inheritance, um, maybe you'll be receiving some land, right? Maybe you'll be receiving some money, maybe some of you will get some goats, right? <laughs> Woohoo! That was pretty good. You know, you're like, oh, I might get grandma's couch. <laughs> and some of us, other ones are like, I got grandma's plates. <laughs> Woohoo! Right? You know, we're like, oh, there's, there's things that we might receive. And, and uh, for some others, for some, maybe not so much. But this type of earthly inheritance, it can be taken away. It can easily be taken away. The government can come. And take your land, they can take your home, fire can take your place, you know, tornadoes, lots of things. Things can be stolen. This, an earthly inheritance can be taken away. But God's eternal inheritance, as it says here in the scripture, it cannot be touched. It cannot be touched by human hands or anyone on this earth cannot take that away from us. Nothing will separate us from the love of God, right? Nothing will separate us from him because he is in control. 
In 1 John 2, 17, it says, And the world is passing away along with its desires, but whoever does the will of God abides forever. Forever. This relationship with God is an eternal relationship. It's not just this on this earth temporary. It's so much more than what we see right in front of us. And, you know, as we talk about control, uh, maybe some of you are thinking about things that are happening in your life and, and you're just like, Jeremy, I, I don't even know how we're going to get through this difficult time. And, and I just want to be honest with you. This past Friday, I, I had a moment, um, and it probably doesn't even compare to some of, some of the things you're going through. Um, but school got out uh, Wednesday or Thursday, and my wife teaches, so she had to go to work Thursday and Friday. So I had to babysit, I mean, keep uh, the kids at home, right? Thursday and Friday, I had the kids at home, um, just being a great father, right? Oh, what do you need for breakfast? What do you need for lunch? Uh, but no, like, I'm, I'm trying to take care of them. Uh, I'm trying to get clothes washed, um, dishes washed, the grass really needed to be cut, <laughs> still needs to be cut, uh, if you want to be a blessing, um, and trying, trying to work on getting the sermon together, I was trying to do some kind of tax document thing, and I'm, you know, I'm like, you know, trying to do all these things, and the kids keep coming, I'm like, I'm trying to get stuff done, come on kids, like, go do kids stuff, right, go practice for next year at school, I don't know, and then, then Bethany comes home Friday after work. After, you know, it's a long years she's been at school, and I don't even really remember what she said to me, and I'm just like, I'm trying my best here. <laughs> Can you not see that? I'm trying. I'm trying to get things done. And she's like, what's wrong with you? And I'm like, nothing. <laughs> nothing really. Like, all this stuff, it, it can get done at some point. It's really not uh, that big of a deal. And, and then we go to get in the car to leave, and I'm like, where? Where are my sunglasses? You know, someone's broken and stole my sunglasses. Just to add on to the pile of this isn't happening, this isn't getting done, this is just a little frustrating that it's not happening in the time that I want it to happen in, right? I want this to get done, and I want this to get done, and then if I could possibly do these two things at once, I want to get that done. But yet I'm having all these interruptions. It's just not going the way I want. My sunglasses are missing. We get in the car, we're leaving, and I'm like, what in the world is your problem? Like, why am I getting upset about these very trivial things? But there's a lot of times in life when things happen unexpectedly, uh, things that maybe we even foresee and we just worry about and we get a down attitude and we're just frustrated and we really look at our problems, we look at what's not getting done and we're really missing out on, on what God is doing, right? What, what is... Why is this taking place? Why are these things happening in my life? And, and we can definitely find the answer to that in this text here. Um, and the first thing I want us to realize is that, that God is like a shield. Okay, like if I had a big shield up here and you had a spear or a, an arrow and you threw that at me, you know, I'm going to attempt to block that with that shield. And that shield's going to take the brunt of that attack. It's going to release a lot of that pressure and danger from me, right? It's going to protect me. And that's similar to what God is doing 
in our life. He is a shield for us. He is here to help protect us. In verse 5, it says, Who by God's power are being guarded through faith for salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. Who by God's power are being guarded? We are being guarded by our God through faith for salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. So, so God is, is guarding us. He's preserving us for us. A what? That's, that's just one of those verses that I have to read twice, which I already did read twice. But I have to think about a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. But God, I thought we already settled that. We, I, thought, I thought, you know, like me and you, we're, we're good. I'm committed to you. What, what's going on here? What's this salvation that, that's going to take place? And, and you know, salvation is, is a work that's at work as well. And, there, you know, there's three different ways I want to look at that just here for a moment. Is you know, that in salvation, there's a moment in a Christian's life where, you know, I was saved. I was taken out of where I was, of the life that I was in. I was saved and changed by God. Uh, but also, with being saved comes a process we call being Sancti- called sanctification. You know, I am being saved. I'm in the process of being saved, of being sanctified. And then eventually, there's a process, at the end of this process called glorification, right? Like, I will be saved. Like, it, it is so, it is done. I will be saved. There's a, there's a glorification there. And, and one of the best ways I can describe it is similar to baking a cake, okay? And I, I, I don't know why my illustrations deal with food a lot of times, but I like to eat, okay, right? Uh, but think about it this way. Just hang in there with me. It's like, like baking a cake, okay? So when you bake a cake, you got to get ingredients. You got to have eggs, um, salt, baking powder, flour, sugar, oil, something else, um, you know, whatever you might need for that cake. And you know, that's, that's how God wants us to come. He wants us to, us to bring who we are, our ingredients that we have. And some of you, you know, there's just a little bit of sugar, okay? God can work on that, right? God can change us. And he says, come just as you are, and I'll start to transforming, right? We bring all those ingredients, and God starts to change us. He starts to mix us up. Hey, we need a little more sugar, okay? And we need a little less salt, Okay? But he's, he's going he's gonna to change us. He's going to start a process, you know. He's changing us. Some of you are, are 100% cocoa ch- chocolate chips. No, you're just bitter. God's like, we've got to add some more semi-sweet in there, okay. He's going to mix us up. He's going to change us. You know, he's, gonna, he's saved us, right, but there's a process there. And then we're being sanctified. You know, we fall after him. We, we still want to become more and more like him. It doesn't just stop there like, I believe in God. I'm good. You know, like that's what a lot of people think. I, I prayed a prayer. I wrote my name on a card. And it's like, no, there's so much more to following after God. And, and it's not our works that save us, but it's what he is doing. He is sanctifying us. So like you take those ingredients, you put them in a pan, and you put them in an oven. Okay, if you don't turn that oven on any heat, you look back in there in 20 minutes, it's going to look like liquid batter still. So you got to turn on some heat, right? you got to turn on some heat. We're going to see that in the scripture here in a moment. But sanctifying is kind of like being put in an oven. We get some heat in our life. It's 
something that we, you know, probably would be like, why, why do I want to get in the oven? That doesn't, that's not good. That's hot. That doesn't make any sense. But through that heat, that cake, you can go home and bake a cake this afternoon. You have full permission. You know, it'll rise. It'll change from liquid batter and it'll start, you know, becoming something different. Become, start combining more. You know, there's like some chemical process going on there with heat. And, you know, it's like sanctification. And once that cake's done, yes, right? We've waited, we've waited, we waited. The cake's done. Take it out of the oven. Boom, flip the pan, ice that thing, get it all beautiful. And that's what we're after, right? When we bake a cake, I don't necessarily just want the batter. I want the cake that's finished there. And, and that's a similar, very like low level there thought process of what God is doing in our life through the work of salvation. And thankfully, when we are a believer in Christ, when we are saved, you know, when he's mixing us up, he has that, that foreknowledge. He sees us. He sees us already at, at step three. You know, he already sees us as a glorified body, right? We, there's nothing we can do to work for that. God has already done the work for us. You know, being a follower of Christ doesn't mean that life is going to be easy. What you're going through right now, that difficult time, it's changing you to be more like him. It's changing you to be more like him. The big burden that is worrying you is actually doing a mighty work for God. There's, there's something going on there, but we have to trust him. We got to trust that we know that there's a there's a fire, there's a difficult time, but we have to remember that there's also that glorification. There's also that end process that we can hope for, that we can be excited about. And when all seems out of control in our life, God is in control. And he uses those trials, what we call trials in our life. He uses trials for, in our life for his glory. And, and maybe you can think about something in your life that that maybe you've been working for. Maybe there's a goal that you've been training for. Um, maybe it's something that, a job you've been praying about. Maybe it's a promotion. Maybe there's some goals in your family that, that you'd like to see happen. And maybe you've seen those things happen. And they've taken a lot of work. And sometimes, you know, it works out how we've been praying. You know, we were hoping it would happen. Um, and sometimes it doesn't always work out exactly like we think, but we can see where, where God had, had changed us, where God was at work. And things that are worth our time and our resources, you know, we value that a whole lot more. We're, we're more excited about things that, I, you know, I am, that take more work than things that are just given to us. I mean, go give stuff to your kids and see what they do with it. They're like, yeah, whatever. You know, but if they go work for it, they spend their money for it, they'll be like, I'm, oh, man, we can't throw this $2 plastic piece of junk away. You know, like, I paid for that. <laughs> you know, they, they, they value it so much more. You know, I value things so much more when I work for them, uh, when I train for them, when I prepare for them. And God can use the various trials in our life to be glorified, to be shown uh, through that. And we see that in verse 6 and 7, it says, In this you rejoice, though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials. Anybody not faced a trial in life or difficulty? Oh, perfect. Speaking to everyone. 
and I'll get you after service. <laughs> Verse 7, so that the tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. So these trials that are happening in our life, it's not because you know, God is mad at us. God wants you know, difficulty on our life. But through these trials, it's going to accomplish several things. It's going to prove the genuineness of our faith. Do, when we say, I love God, and I believe in God, do we really mean that? Are we really going to live that out? What, what's going to come out of our mouth and our life when difficulty comes? When unexpected times come? When times are good and great? These trials prove the genuineness of our faith. Romans 5.3 says, But we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that sufferings produce endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope. And hope does not put to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Man, isn't that good that trials... They, they change us, right? It's like that, that, that oven. It's changing who we are. It's producing endurance. It's helping us go through these times. Each time we go through a trial, through a difficulty, God is growing our endurance, our ability to, to stand with him through it and to trust and lean and lean on him more and more and more. And that endurance is going to change our character. We're going to become more and more like the character of God. And, and through that process, we're going to be like, God is so amazing. God, I have so much hope in who he is. And that's what we need. We need a living hope, a godly hope. And God's going to grow us spiritually. Some of you are like, God, please help me to grow. And then a trial comes and you're like, nope, don't want any part of that. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That's not how life works. We've got to see that trial as, you know what, God? I'm going to trust in you because it's out of my control. And I know that through that, you're going to grow me. You're going to change me. And instead of looking at the negative, I'm going to look at the positive. I'm going to look at what you have done, what you're doing, and what you're going to do. Because it's so much better than my pride. It's so much better than if I had to stand up for my faith and lose my job. It's so much better to stand up for you and not this world. Help me to trust in you. Help us to grow spiritually. 2 Corinthians 12.10 says, My grace is sufficient for you. For my power, God's power, is made perfect in our weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of the weakness, so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. For the sake of Christ, then I am content with weakness. Insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities. For when I am weak, he is strong. So when you feel like you're down, when you're frustrated, know that in our weakness and shortcomings, Christ is strong. And, and that's what we lean on. That, that's the control we need in our life is him because he has authority and control over everything that we may come in contact with. And we see there um, in, in verse 7, it talks about 
a goldsmith. And, and the goldsmith's job was to take you know, pieces of gold and, that had been mined. And when that gold comes in, it's got trash in it, right? It's got rocks in it. It's got junk in it. And the goldsmith has to take that gold and put it in a fire. And in that fire, the goldsmith controls the temperature. The goldsmith controls the time. And he puts it in there. He takes it out and he looks at it and he sees if some of those impurities have burned out. If it's not, he'll, he'll put it back in the fire and he knows when to take it out of the fire, not to mess it all up. And when the goldsmith takes that, that gold out of that furnace and, and can look in there and see his reflection, he knows that that gold is ready. And in a similar way, we're, we're like that gold, right? We've got some impurities in our life. We got some things that God needs to change, that he needs to burn up out of our life, that he's, he needs to fix, and only he can do it. And when we're in that fire, it, it doesn't always feel good. I've never touched fire that I really enjoyed, right? I'll, never, never once. But, but know that in that fire, in that trial, God is taking those impurities. He's taking out those things and and it's worth it because in the end, we're just being more and more and more changed and sanctified and glorified to be like him. So don't see your trial as God's mad at me. God's angry. This is, this is a difficult time. I, I should be angry. I'm mad at God. But see your trial as a time to be joyful because God is at work. And, and when someone's going through a difficult time, what, what do other people do? Hey, hey, what's going on with them? Oh, man, man, this is getting interesting, right? Oh, wow. It, oh, even they're mad about this. Like, people want to watch. People want to, some people want to jump in there, jump on sides. They want to, you know, put gasoline on the fire. But people are going to watch us. People are going to watch you in the fire, in that trial. And that's a time where we can glorify God, where we can reflect our creator, where we can reflect our creator. And people are going to expect us maybe to act a certain way, but yet we can be joyful. We can have peace. We can have love in that situation and show who God is and that our God is greater than our trial. He's greater than our circumstance, our infirmity, our, our, what we're going through. Our God is greater than that. And that we lean and we trust in him. And I just want to share a couple more things with you before we close here. But uh, this is a, a quote I heard from uh, Tarn Wells. He's a music writer. But he said that, you know, when you're on the mountaintops of life, when you're on the mountaintops of life, learn to bow low. Learn to be humble in those times. And when you're in the valleys of life, learn to stand tall. Man, when you're in the valley, don't just keep beating yourself up, but trust in God. Surround yourself with people that are going to encourage you, that are going to lift you up. Because God can take us out of those valleys. And he's going to, just like that roller coaster, we're going to have ups and downs. And through it all, we have to trust God. And know that, as verse 8 and 9 says, it says, Though you have not seen him, you love him. Though you do not see him now, you believe 
in him and rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory, obtaining the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your souls. If you want to have control, God's control, we first we got to love him. We got to love him. We got to love like God. And then when we believe in him, we believe in, in who he is and what he said, then that's a control that we can stand in, in him and his foundation. And through that, we can rejoice and be joyful. When it's out of our control, rejoice and be joyful. Know that God is in control. And remember that a faith that cannot be tested cannot be trusted. When we stand for God, things are going to come our way. And we, we might stumble, we might fall, we might feel like we've succeeded. But no matter what, let's keep going towards Christ. Let's keep realizing that this is a sanctification process. And to trust Him through it. Trust His love, His mercy, and His grace. And I pray that we have a faith in the one that controls everything. Let's pray. God, we just thank you this morning. Again, that, that we could be here and that we could worship you. And I pray uh, that this morning that there, there's people here, everyone, God, we, we face times where everything's out of control. And in reality, we, we never have it under control. Our health can fail us. Our possessions can fail us. People can fail us. Uh, this earth can fail us. But God... You're the only one that, that, that never fails. You're the only one that never changes. You are a rock. Help us to lean and trust in you. I pray you be with us today and help us to be joyful in our trials. We love you. We love you. In your name we pray. Amen.